Good morning, and thank you for the, the warm welcome, Marty. It is nice to be with you, and I'm sure, like some of you, like me, it's really nice to be back in church again, isn't it, after uh, the changes that COVID have, have brought to us over the past 15 months? And certainly, uh, we're going to finger on, f- sort of figure in on that a little bit later on, and when I share with you a little bit about the work of the International Meeting Point. But we're going to read God's Word uh, together. Uh, I'm not sure if it comes up on the screen. Oh, it does, yes. So we're going to read the first 20 verses of Mark's Gospel, uh, beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the Gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for Him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region, and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to Him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by Him in the Jordan River. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit." At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, "'You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased.'" At once, the Spirit sent him out into the desert And he was in the desert for 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother, Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Amen. And we thank God uh, for this reading of his word. So, the international meeting point, we could pop up that first slide, just uh, maybe gives the logo of the the international meeting point. Uh, In case you don't know, some of you do know, but so that we all get the context of what I'm going to share this morning, the international meeting point is a work of our Presbyterian Church, uh, carried out in two centers at the minute, one on the Lisburn Road and one around the area of Carlisle Circus. So the International Meeting Point 
It's funded by you. It, all the money that makes it work comes through United Appeal. So when you support United Appeal, you're supporting this work. Uh, this morning, I don't want to show you an exhaustive amount of slides. We just want to have a quick flyover uh, of, the, of the international meeting point. But just to give you an idea, we would normally have uh, about somewhere near 100 volunteers from different churches. We have about 40 of those involved in teaching English. We have about 100 English students learning English. Uh, we, we've given away, I think in the last four and a half years, we've given away over 500 bicycles, one of whom came from the minister, the former minister, Willie McKeown. He gave me his bicycle. He's no longer able to ride it, so it's now being used on the streets of Belfast. Uh, you're going to see some other things we do. We'll, we'll go into that in a minute. But I want to start this morning with Mark's gospel, because the very first verse in Mark's gospel sets the scene, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. So, when you get to be my age, there's a, a gospel according to Keith. Uh, I have my opinions about many things. I could start with holy, holy, holy. I love that hymn. But it's all the saints adore thee for me. It's still the old words, and that's the gospel according to Keith. And maybe you're here today, and you're younger. You'll never sing those words because you'll never see them. But for me, they're still, that's the gospel according to Keith. But we're interested in the gospel about Jesus Christ, not uh, Boris Johnson, not uh, Michelle O'Neill or, or whoever, who's our new man now? I forget him. <laughs> oh, Edwin Poots. Do you know, it's not their gospel. It's not the gospel that you're going to see on television purported by the BBC, or if you're a fan of uh, social media like Twitter and Facebook, where all kinds of messages are propounded and forwarded that bombard us every day. We are interested in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who it says is the Son of God. Remember, Paul writes in Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form. We are interested in Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God. And when we're sharing with Muslims, that's a very important thing to get across, because they hold that Jesus Christ is a prophet, and that He is worthy of being listened to, but they do not hold that He is the deity in bodily form, and that's most important. So, we are interested in the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel from that Greek word evangelion, which means great news. It's not just good news. Good news today could be we're back in church. Good news is that from tomorrow week, we'll be able to hug each other again. I have to go to England now if I want to hug my wife. But I think we can hug each other. That, that's going to be good news. The number of COVID cases and deaths is falling in hospitals. That is good news. Great news is something like the war is over. It's victory in Europe day. The war is over. No more war. That's great news. Maybe 
For some of us, if you go to the doctor and you find out something that was suspicious about your body is actually benign, that's great news. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is great news. It's fantastic news. And what is that news? Well, the first words of Jesus that we have recorded here are, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. And that's what we tried to do in the, in the international meeting point. We tried to share this good news. So, four weeks ago, uh, an Iraqi man, an Iraqi family, come into the meeting point. Uh, we still have appointments, even through COVID, uh, by appointment. And this man came in to me, and I remember him coming to us four years ago. Four years ago, he came. He's a Kurdish Iraqi who supported and translated for the American army. And I, Sharon, uh, my deaconess, reminded me, Keith, I remember you shared the gospel. You shared this good news with this man, uh, but he wasn't interested. But over the four years, we've helped the family. And he came back four weeks ago, and he just told me, I want, and my family want to become Christians. So, I sat him down with Sharon, and actually with the assistant minister of West Kirk on the Shankill Road, a fellow called Peter Burke, because this man lives, I was hoping and praying that this man was going to become a Christian, that that's what he wanted. But to do that, I had to share the whole gospel. And he may have rejected it, but I had Peter standing by just in case, because he lives on the Falls Road side of the Peace Line, almost beside West Kirk Presbyterian Church. And you know, if someone becomes a Christian, you can't just, you know the old one about a coal pulled out of the fire and left beside will go cold. You need to become part of the body of Christ. You need to be in a worshiping community that love you, that's going to care for you. And I wanted him to go to West Kirk because uh, I felt he lives close and I think this is really going to put it up to the people of the Shankill Road. Because here's someone who lives on the Falls Road. He's become a Christian. Skin's not just exactly the same color of ours, but will they be a community? Will they be a group of people that care for him? And this today will be his fourth Sunday in church. I went with him the first couple of Sundays, but he's still going to that church. So I shared the gospel with this man. What did I share with him? Well, the first thing we all need to know, and we need to know this this morning as well, is that heaven is a free gift. It says in Ephesians 2 that it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves, not by works, so that no one can boast. Because the Islamic religion is a religion of works. It's about doing things. It's about not doing things. It's obeying Ramadan, which has just finished, where they fast for a month from dawn to dusk. It's about you must pray five times a day if you're a Sunni. If you're a Shia, that's their equivalent of Catholic and Protestant. Uh, one prays five times a day and one prays three times a day, but it's about observance of rules. Christianity is not like that. Christianity is by grace. Jesus Christ 
came full of grace and truth. Jesus Christ offers us free salvation. We don't play a part in it except to accept it. So I explained that to him. But then I explained why did Jesus come? Why did he say, repent for the kingdom of of God is at hand? Because, friends, this morning, we have a problem. Every single one of us, even though the world does not believe it any longer, we believe it that our fundamental problem is a broken relationship with God. If you are interested in God this morning, that is an unnatural thing to the natural man. To the natural man, it is anathema, the things of God. So, if you've come to church this morning, maybe not even sure why you've come to church, I can tell you right now, it's because God is already at work in your life, and He has drawn you to this place, and He has a purpose for your life. So, uh, heaven is a free gift, but we have a broken relationship with God, and I explained that. I use little illustrations. We haven't time to use them all this morning, but very quickly, how do we know that everybody in the meeting point, especially Muslims, if the good was to weigh out against the bad, the good would outweigh the bad, and that's what they would hope for to get into heaven. And so, I said to him, just say you came to my house and we're going to have scrambled eggs, and five eggs are good, but one egg has been in the nettles all summer long, and it's a few months out of date. And I thought, oh, well, Marty wouldn't mind that. Five of the eggs are good. Only one of them's bad. And I mix that up and offer him the scrambled egg. What's it going to be like? It's going to be a stink in his nostrils. And friends, when you try to offer God the things that you have done, the money you've given in on the plate, the person you've helped, that is a stink in the nostrils of God because we are sinners. So we explain that it's by grace that we are sinners. And we explain them to an important thing about God. The Bible says that God loves us. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He is, loves us. God wants us. But the Bible also says, man is destined to die once and after that face judgment. And the Bible says in Isaiah that all his ways are just. God must punish sin. So that gives us a problem. But God brings his love and his justice together in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. And I use a little illustration like poor old Marty. Not only did he get the bad scrambled eggs, but he tried to steal my TV last night. And the police caught him going out the window with it. And he was brought up in front of the judge. And the judge says, do you plead guilty? And he says, yes, I am guilty, but please don't send me to prison. My wife's pregnant. She's going to have another baby. Please do not send me to prison. But the judge says, look, I must find you guilty. You broke the law. And so the judge finds him guilty. It was either go to jail or pay a thousand pounds. He didn't have it. 
But what does the judge do? The judge finds him guilty, but he gets out his own checkbook. A thing of the past now, isn't it? A checkbook. Gets out his checkbook, and he writes a check for a thousand pounds himself. What has he done? He has upheld the law, but he has paid the price himself. Friends, this morning, that is what Jesus Christ did. And we come to know Christ when we repent, and that means to turn away. So I explained this to my friend, and we got down on our knees, and he asked Christ into his life. And that's the power of the gospel. And we, in the meeting point, we're not a, a destination for a person because we're only a halfway house. We try to go fish like Jesus caught the fishermen here, and he told them that they would become fishers of men. And we try to direct them uh, into congregations where they can grow as Christians and in a new community. So that's a wee bit about the gospel, and it is really good news. We'll move on. Just uh, have we look at the next slide. Hopefully you can see that, because during COVID, the meeting point hasn't been able to do our normal thing. Normally we cook food every day, and we teach English in an open way, but we've been deliberately giving out food, and we've been doing a lot of that, and lots and lots of churches have been supporting us by, we have a list of essentials that we give out, and every Tuesday now, we used to do it two days a week, but we're gradually cutting back and cutting back so that we can get back to our normal operations. But since Christmas, we've been keeping an electronic record of the people who come into the meeting point just for food. And because of COVID, if somebody got it, we would be able to phone them uh, and such and such. So, believe it or not, we've got 520 families from 41 different countries. So, uh, that's a little pie chart that you can see. Unbelievable amount of people. Would you believe that there's 41 different nationalities in Belfast? That's them. That's the evidence. And the biggest group are from Eritrea, which is a tiny little country beside Ethiopia and Somalia uh, in the Horn of Africa, over there in East Africa. And a year, well, a year and three months ago, we had about 20 Eritreans coming to the meeting point. Now, we have 174 of them, and so much so that we've started teaching them English. And more importantly, we've started a Bible study for them on a Monday. So, on a Monday, we have a Bible, we have Eritrean English classes, we have a Bible study then uh, for the Eritreans, because some of them want, some of them have been born again, but some of them are Orthodox, and that's just like your, your ordinary Protestant and your ordinary Catholic who never go to Mass, never go to church, don't really know anything except it's a label, and for some of them, they're opening the Bible for the first time. On a Tuesday, we, we give out this food that churches supply to us, on a Wednesday, we have Bible studies in the meeting point. Uh, because of COVID, we, that's all we can do that day is one-to-one -one appointments and, and Bible study. On Thursday, we have a Bible study for Iranians, and uh, we teach the Bible to Iranians uh, who have become Christians. 
and another volunteer in the shop became a Christian two weeks ago. Uh, an Iranian woman who volunteered in the shop uh, has been led to Christ and gave her life just, just two weeks ago, gave her life to Christ. Uh, and on a Friday, we do appointments. So that's the kind of work that we're involved in uh, in South Belfast, where we have three staff. Uh, we move on to the next slide. That's the food that, that we give out. We put it out on tables. We have a team of 12 people uh, giving out food. People come in, they get their temperature taken, log their name, hands, masks, and we give them one bag and they can have one bag of food and they go along the tables uh, and they pick up food as they go along. They end up at the top there where the clocks are. Churches give us toiletries and they can get some deodorant or stuff like that. And uh, then they can go around the corner, they go upstairs and they can get clothes because people give us clothes. And then they can, the very last station is blankets and duvets and curtains and, and things like that. And uh, each week now at the minute, as I say, we've had over 500 in total, but about 120 or 130 people come on that one day a week. So that's the kind of work that we're doing in South Belfast, and that's how we're using your resources. We'll move on just to slide number three. But about two and a half years ago, North Belfast approached me. It's something that had been on my heart for a long time. Was, was North Belfast. Uh, I really felt I wanted to, God was leading me over in that direction. I wanted to do something over there. And do you know that around Carlisle Circus, that ward around the Carlisle Circus has the worst suicide rate in the United Kingdom. There's hardly a family there that haven't been touched. The people are without hope. What you've got there all around that area is vast numbers of post-Protestant people, post-Catholic people, international people, but they all have one thing in common, and I believe this, they are all lost, just as we are lost without the salvation that Jesus offers. So we opened a shop at Carlisle Circus. Uh, I felt this was a a way to reconnect with the local community. I don't want to be critical of the hand that feeds me because I've been working for the Presbyterian Church for 35 years, but friends, the honest truth is we are losing connection to ordinary people. That, that's my experience, that churches are drifting away, and it's good that this church here in the heart of this community is reconnecting to the people around about. But at Carlisle Circus, the people there, they've all left their churches behind, and they are like sheep without a shepherd. They are like the blind leading the blind, and they're interested in mediums, and they're interested in angels, and they're searching in the wrong places. So I opened a shop, and the girl from the second right is Frances, uh, quite an evangelist from White House Presbyterian Church. She had been a volunteer in the meeting point for a couple of years, and I thought, she's the one that could really run this shop. And Frances runs the shop, and that's some of her volunteers. We only do baby clothes up to 12 years of age, but Frances works 12 hours a day, 
as soon as she closes the shop, she starts on Facebook putting up prams and buggies and, and all sorts of stuff. And the people are flocking to that shop. And they flock to that shop. And Francis, there was a woman came into the shop. Her name begins with B. She's from the Ardoin. Want to pray for her? Just call her B. She came into the shop, not this week, but last week. And she said, to, this is, happens to Francis all the time. She said, I, I don't know why I'm in here. I, I don't know why I've come. And Francis said, is, is everything all right? She started to cry. Everything wasn't all right. And Francis prayed with her and told her about a Bible study that I had started when this guy, his name's Hunar, this Iraqi got saved. I thought, I need to get him into the Word of God. So I started a Bible study in North Belfast, just around the corner on the Antrim Road. And uh, Francis said to this girl, B, you can come to the Bible study. And we were praying, but she didn't turn up on Thursday morning. But you know something? It's not an easy thing to walk into something completely different. So there's something you can pray for because God answers prayer. We have so many instances of how God has answered our prayers. We really want B to come. And a man came in last Friday and said, his name's Michael. And he said, I don't know why I've come into this shop. And he wants to come to the Bible study too. So I started this Bible study, but all their connections they've made. There's a girl called S. She's got six children and she's been Francis has been praying with her for months. She comes to this Bible study each week. One of the ladies here, I'm not going to tell you which one, has been coming to church for 30 years. She started coming to the Bible study as well. You know why? She knows that there's still something missing in her life. You could be at church all your life, even maybe even this very day, but you don't know in your heart what it is to belong to Jesus Christ. And she is searching. And just pray for her. She's one of those ladies, lovely, lovely, volunteer in the shop. And she wants uh, to become uh, a Christian as well. And so we're very keen on what's happening there in North Belfast. Let me just bring you really up to date. We've got a center that used to be St. Enoch's Church. There's a hall at the back of it. Uh, and that will be ours. Uh, from the month of July. We, we already have a mum and tots going in North Belfast. We have this Bible study going. We have the shop going. But very importantly, and this is my last thing, I want you to pray with us because we will be advertising the job, a job for an evangelist. You see, I can only do so much and I'm getting long in the tooth and I'll be retiring soon and we need someone with youth and vigor and a vision from God to work under me for a while, but to develop that work in North Belfast. And you could help me in that. And really, that's the work of the International Meeting Point. That's just some of the things that we're doing. Uh, I hope and I pray that you here in Ravenhill, that you will find you can't just follow someone else. You've got to go where God is leading because I believe all around us, God is at work. Our job is not to create work. Our 
job is to seek God and be led to those places where He is at work in people's lives. And we have found that as we have done that in the meeting point, God has opened up one door and one ministry that's led to another until uh, we are what we are today. But in all that we do, and I pray that all that you do, the most important thing is seeking God's will. We do not want to drift away from that in any way at all. We want to stay close to God and close to His Son, Jesus Christ, who is the gospel. He is the good news.